And now we're here. Now we're live. <laughs> Just one more button well, to we, push. You have a couple different setup here, folks. We've got a one program that kind of manages the stream stuff, and I clicked the start button on that, and Kat goes, and we're live. And I was like, no, not yet, baby. we got to click one more button. Good thing he's in charge of these things. So it looks like a few people were checking in early and G Reef, so happy to catch your first live session. That's awesome. I'm glad you can join us tonight. It's a little bit different evening for our Yawa. We usually are on Wednesday nights, but unfortunately this week we couldn't make that work, but we didn't want to miss another week since last week, all of you all voted to not do a live Yawa, which we totally understand. Uh, the holidays and travel plans, and wouldn't be able to tune in either. So I'm like, we can't miss two weeks in a row, people. So we scooched it up a day because why? I get to go on a South Georgia plantation style quail hunt, and the way this operation works, I believe is they do large periodic releases. There's not really a ton of uh, 100% wild quail in many places anymore, but um, this place is pretty cool. It's uh, with a a good friend and client, which is pretty much everybody that I interact with is somehow a client or was a client at one point in time. Yeah, it kind of seems like all of our really good friends started out as dog training clients. I mean, they really did. Um, Because everybody that has their dog trained by us obviously values their dogs and has some interests of the same. So it's easy to find those, you know, beginning connections. What? (laughs) Someone said, get to the chopper. Um, So we end up getting to know a lot of those clients really well and become good friends with them. One could say we're essentially married to our work too. So we don't have a ton of time just to be out exploring the world, looking for people outside of our business. So, nope. Uh, for <laughs> all of you here, welcome to Yawa episode 74. Uh, we like to start things off, if this is your first time here, with some check-ins. We're seeing a, quite a few of those come through. Um, love getting to see where everybody's from, where you're listening, tuning in from. Uh, we'll run through a few of these. What do we have here? California and yep. New York, Pennsylvania, Illinois, another Pennsylvania, Arizona, Arizona Colorado, Boston, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, Twin Cities. Hello. Hey, hey. California, California. Wichita. Wichita. Hey, Tyler. Speaking of friends. Speaking of friends that started out as dog clients, right? Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you guys, too. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving, a safe and successful thanksgiving i don't know successful you ate a lot you got fat i don't know spent time with family gave thanks for things that are important in your life yeah also ate food and and got fat that's pretty much the american way huh yeah well well we got utah they skip kansas city hey ian uh again another one of those uh michigan olathe I went to school in Gardner. I don't know if y'all know that, but uh, Wisconsin, Nova Scotia, Canada. Oh, Canada. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. I have to do it. North Dakota, my old stomping grounds. That's where I was born and raised. Southern Iowa, Southwest Michigan. You're scrolling fast and I. It jumped on me. It gets jittery. It's jumpy. We got Idaho. 
North go. Carolina, Wisconsin, Utah. Oh, wait, scroll up, scroll up. Hey, Jason. Yes, Hank and Jackie are doing great. Doing awesome. Yep, I just got to talk to their daddy the other day, so. Utah, Wisconsin, uh, Southwest North Georgia. I read those backwards from the bottom up. What are you drinking today? Well, I'm going to tell you. There's a couple things going on here. First of all, um, there's a, a smidge of fun sucking, okay? So uh, there's a couple different ways to go about uh, lifestyle changes, which involve healthy things. And mama has decided that she needs, she wants to make a lifestyle change, eating better. And and I'm actually going to be and- talking about that a little bit later tonight on my own Instagram channel. So if you guys wanted to hear about that, you can check that out later. Anyhow, I am a husband and with husbandry comes supportiveness. So I just finished my uh, simple greens and now I'm drinking plain water. And I'm having some tea, literally. Uh-huh. Uh, my favorite tea, actually, which is constant comment. So uh-huh. it's a boring black tea. I know, It's folks, delicious, but- though. And it's wintry kind of thing, even though it's been really nice here. Boise, Idaho, Iowa City, Olathe, Kansas, Georgia, Iowa, North Dakota, Virginia, Tennessee, Jersey. Uh, this says I'm five miles east of the Gardner City line. Oh, you must, are you over there by east? Would you be over there by the lake, maybe? I will definitely kiss Crew for you. She's such a sweetie. Woo-hoo. Mexico. I don't have a song about that, but uh, thanks for joining us. And then uh, Northern Michigan, Virginia. Goodness, Wisconsin. lots of folks from everywhere. Checking in from Wisconsin, picking up a puppy from you guys Saturday. Ooh, that'll be awesome. Those puppies look so good. Go cat, always killing it. Thank you. And then how is the water out in Kansas? Ah, uh, cold? Yeah, I mean, I mean, even though we've been having nice weather, it's still not like lake are, weather. Are you talking about the water? Well, oh. <laughs> if you are, we happen to have a full water treatment system here on the property. So basically, it's better than any bottled water you've ever drank in your entire life. Literally. Literally. It's so good. It's that good. Yeah, it's pretty good. So for any of you that are new to how our Yawa rolls, we are going to talk about holiday pet safety for the first eh, 15, 20 minutes. Sometimes we get on a roll and it goes a little longer than that. Uh, Then we open it up to questions. So if you guys have questions, we are going to get to those, especially if you're going to put a super chat in there. Those kind of get priority Um, but those are going to happen after our hot topic of conversation, just so that we can keep the flow going, not lose train of thought. I mean, we got to help Ethan out a little bit, keep him focused. Um, and then we'll end up talking to you guys a little bit about things that we've got going on. Uh, like Ethan mentioned his quail hunt that he's going on tomorrow. Um, and a couple other things that we like to mention, um, like thanking people and, being thankful. We talked about thanking, Thanksgiving, Segway, whatever. I dig it. Um, the biggest thing that we want to mention is a lot of folks say to us on a regular basis, hey, you guys put out a ton of free content on YouTube. That's so awesome. Why do you give all of this stuff away? Well, in a way, it seems like we're giving all of that stuff away, but it is 100% supported by our fans, okay? 
folks that are uh, joining us in a couple different ways, one of which is support via our online store. If you didn't know that we have standingstonesupply.com, that's where we sell all of the equipment that we use and recommend on a regular basis, training and caring for our dogs. It's kind of a one-stop shop. That's what we kind of be. It didn't start out that way. Literally, it started out with just our easy leads and and some e-callers because we're like, well, that's what we've got. And then people just kept asking us, well, what do you use for this training session? What do you recommend for this? And we're like, well, we use this. We recommend this. And so we're like, well, I guess we could maybe see if we could get that on our store too. And it just started evolving. Um, But the one thing that we hold very strictly too is the only things you're going to find on our store are literally things that we use train with and recommend. It's not going to be stuff that we just want to add to our store to add to our store and have more items. It's definitely going to be things that we have found value in. We've tried, we've tested, we've proven that they work. So those things get added to the store. People sometimes request that we get things that we are using that we don't necessarily have on our online store available. And we look into those options as well. So if you've ever got a suggestion of, Hey, you guys should add whatever to the store that you guys use, or I've seen used in your videos, let us know. Um, we'll look into seeing if we can add that because yes, the one-stop shop is kind of convenient. I wanted to edit this and it's not going to let me do it. I think what? Now I'll have to do it next time. Um, Scott, who is a patron, just sent over a picture because he's one that. Um, oh my gosh! Yes, yes, and I want to make this work so that you all can see this because it's a really, really cool picture. It's just going to take me a second, so bear with us. You're going to lose audio and video for about maybe thirty seconds here. Give me just a second. Okay, and you should have audio again now. And then, where are we at here? Video. You can see our ugly mugs up here out of the way. And put us out of the way. Okay, so um, it's going to bop back to that. We're going to jump in there in just a second. But um, basically, what we wanted to say is thank you to the folks that are patrons, Okay. If you enjoy the videos that we have online or this this evening, we want you to understand that it is supported 100% by two different avenues. One is folks that um, support via the online store, and then the other is through Patreon. And what Patreon is, it's a different platform. It's a social platform, kind of like Facebook or Instagram, but it is a subscription platform that you can use uh, money, basically, to support us. But then at the same time, you get a direct link to Cat and I. We have a couple different avenues of that. You can just message back and forth. And and we get calls. I got one today. And the guy's like, hey, I love all your stuff. I watch all your videos. It's so awesome. You guys are awesome. I love all of it. I've got just a couple questions. I'm like, okay, sure. I'll answer a question. He's like, okay, okay, cool. I've got got just one more question. And that went on for a while. It was like 10 or 15 questions, which is great, but it was a 30-minute phone call. Okay? Um, we've got a lot of stuff going on and it is what it is. We want to help people and that's why we do all of the things that we do. And it's why you took the time with him today. It is a hundred percent. And then I, I said at the end, I said, Hey man, if you have more questions, we'd love for you to, um, to reach out to us at standing stone supply or excuse me at patreon.com where we're actually set up to answer questions just like this on a regular basis. 
anytime you got them, actually, you answer them. I'm in there every single day answering questions for folks. And it's, uh, uh, he's like, yeah, okay, cool. Thanks, man. <laughs> Click. I'm like, I didn't even tell you how to get, okay. So probably just, not going to happen. Probably but. not going to happen. So if it's something that you say, hey, we do love what you want, what you're doing, and we want to continue to see more of this, um, those are the two places you could support. You can set up there, and it's again, you get a direct link when you've got questions about what kind of puppy food or what kind of products that we recommend or what kind of what to do. And then on the flip side of that, you can actually send us videos or on the the highest end of that, the best option actually for true success with what's going on is you because get because timing. Timing is the most is huge. important part of dog training. Yep. You set up a, a Google, um, we set, what's it called? Google Meets. Google Meets. Yep. Or, so video yeah. chat, basically. Um, you've got your, your head, ear pods in. I've got mine in. We're talking. And I'm saying, wait, 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 stop right there. That's what you need to be doing more of. And then we can help guide the path of training sessions to keep you moving in the right direction. It's one thing to be able to see and then say, Hey, uh, in that last session you sent over, stop doing that because that's really bad. And you just sent me a five or 10 minute video of you doing it over and over and over again. Um, and in an actual live session, I can say, hey, change this. Just so, oh, just tweak that. Just, oh, there it is right there. That's what we need. And that, folks, is, uh, is the most powerful thing that we have to offer to everybody is our ability to read dogs. And uh, we want to be able to share that with you. So, Patreon.com slash Standing Stone Kennels, as well as StandingStoneSupply.com. That's what funds, feeds, um, helps support everything that we do for y'all. Yeah, because the camera equipment's expensive, the audio equipment's expensive, and the editing, which we don't do, is also not cheap. Um, So there's got to be a way to support that, and that's where, like, Ethan said, you guys come in. So if you're watching this and you haven't utilized one of those things yet, what you need to do right now is just type in there, thank you to the patrons um, of Standing Stone, and then maybe consider if it fits into your budget, if it's something you can do um, to joining that uh, patronage tribe. Community. Community. Collective, if you will. Uh, We really appreciate all that. So now. Without further ado, let's show that picture off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this is uh, Scott, and he is probably listening this evening. I don't know that I've seen him. I haven't seen him check in, but he just sent me this text message. So I'm guessing he's in here somewhere. There he is. You saw him. Yep. Hey, hey. Um, Scott is uh, from Canada. Uh, We spent a few weeks, uh, I think a better part of two months, which is pretty standard timing, which is a, a drastically above average for what I would consider a normal person at home doing this work by themselves with another full-time job and life going on, right? So when if, if you were to say, I want to send my dog to you for formal retrieving work and um, whatever, we would say six to eight weeks. And that's for us to do it here yeah. for us to do it. And us to do it that we, we've done one or two. So the average Joe that's never done it before... Via the live tier. Yep. He used, setting up those live, live videos. Tier. We did uh, pretty much every Saturday morning, and he would work on on progressing throughout the week and then come back with, all right, this is what we did. This is what we got to. How does this look? Where do we need to go from here? And we were able to move from, he was struggling a little bit with retrieving and everything else to this. And I believe, if I heard the story right, uh, she retrieved uh, all of these 
which is an ins- that's an absolutely insane hunt. I'm going to tell you right now, I've never been on a mallard hunt like that. I have never filled the back of a pickup truck with ducks, but no. it looks like a good time. Looks like a heck of a lot of fun. So we want to say uh, thank you, uh, Scott, for, for supporting us. us. And, and then, I'm uh, so glad that <laughs> she's able to do those retrieves for you because that's, that's awesome. That's freaking cool. It's really That's a picture cool. you should get like turned into a wall canvas mount. Absolutely. E, uh, we uh, use easy canvas prints. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Easy yeah. canvas prints.com. They turn out well. They're usually priced well and pretty um, quick turnarounds too. So yeah, if you just give them their email, then they'll give you like a 90% off coupon. They're always code sending something. you coupon codes. Yeah. Yeah. So be prepared. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that with us, Scott. We appreciate it very much. And, um, all right, so the, the topic of this evening, this was one of those things that Kat, um, all of them, yeah, I just got verification here. She retrieved all of them, which is freaking That's amazing. awesome. Absolutely awesome. Um, we are this evening talking about holiday safety, and we tried to squeak this in before Thanksgiving so it would encompass all of the Upcoming holiday season, holidays. but... Yep. Um, now is as good a time as any. There's a lot of people still gathering, you know, like. Uh, well, a lot of people celebrate, you know, Christmas with their immediate family, then another Christmas with some other people. Um, you know, it's kind of like an entire season. Plus, we've got New Year's still coming up at the end of the year here. Um, and of course, we did miss Thanksgiving. But we um, wanted to talk about there's a couple things that encompass holiday safety for the pets. It's not just food related, which I'm sure that's kind of one of the things that pop up for everyone is, oh, you know, don't want to feed them chocolate. But also we want to keep in mind, a lot of people are traveling this time of year um, and their dogs may not be that used to traveling. So thinking about those road trips and what those are going to look like, as well as the bigger gatherings. You know, if you've got a dog that's used to being a homebody that maybe only has you and your husband or maybe a couple kids around and you fill a house full of 30 people, we were just there Thanksgiving at grandma and grandpa's plus all the kids, grandkids, great grandkids. There was over 30 of us crammed into this house. Um, but everyone kept asking us, where, where, where's one of your dogs? Didn't you bring one of your dogs? And we're like, this is not the right environment for one of our dogs. Um, too much going on, too much chaos, too much unsupervised time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were like, no, we did not bring one of our dogs. Or if we had, they would have just been crated or something the entire time because, you know, they weren't going to be able to be out in that environment and be successful. Um, and then lastly, like, I would say keeping in mind... Um, Fireworks, I guess. Some places celebrate Christmas, New Year's, New Year's Eve, yeah, with fireworks, and you know that comes full circle. More to, New Year's than Christmas, sorry. But. Uh, what? Who knows? I mean, people celebrate in mysterious ways. This is popping up already, and I don't think I, I know we started in this direction, but I don't think we 100 percent said we talk about stuff, and then we're going to answer everybody's questions at the end. At the end, so yep. I don't know if that 100 percent got heard, but. Um, keep throwing them in there. That's great. We'll scroll back through and find them. We do try and prioritize super chats in there, but um, any questions that are coming through, we'll do our best to get to them. But coming full circle to New Year's and the potential of fireworks and what that can mean for some of these dogs that have noise sensitivities, even gun dogs can have poor reactions to those loud fireworks. 
Yeah. It's, Whether uh, it's the 4th of July or New Year's. So it's different. It's uh, it's out of context for them, right? They're, they're predators. They're hunting. They're uh, focused on uh, a task when loud noises are going off. And that builds a, a positive association with what's happening. But out of context, just loud noises for no apparent reason. Can um, be startling. Can. And yeah. Make these dogs anxious. So that's kind of the topics that we're going to be talking about. Now we'll go into a little bit of detail about each and every one of them. Okay, so we've got a pretty cool graphic. Why don't we go ahead and start with food? Yeah. This would be another one that should, um, happy birthday, Jesus, fireworks. Yeah, <laughs> Basically, yeah. Pretty much. Hey. All right, let's see. This one should be yes. right. Yep. Bingo, bango. Here we are again, folks. Um, we found this pretty cool graphic that fit kind of a lot of the things that you may know and some of them that you may not. And what the potential risks of these foods can lead to. Because, you know, everyone hears about, well, you can't give your dog chocolate. Well, why can't you give your dog chocolate? Um, And some of those other normally um, thought up foods. And then some that you might not have known about. Uh, So we wanted to put that graphic up there. I can't hardly read it from here. You can't? Um, Well, I can see the main things. Let's see if I can make it a little bigger for us. Uh, Can you just pull it up on your phone? That's what you sent it to me from. Oh, <laughs> look who's being smart. Over I'm a here. thinker. Um, and there's a couple different things too that are going to come down to. Uh, I like this alcohol. It could cause intoxication. Isn't that the point? Ha! All jokes aside, um, it's you know volumes and things like that that we've got to worry about with all of these things. So. Um, even chocolate, right? So a lot of times chocolate's there, dogs eat chocolate, but how much chocolate's going to make your dog sick? Uh, I think it's approximately one ounce per pound of body weight. So if you have a 60 pound, that's, that's, that's the toxic. Yeah, yeah. That's the like really, really sick. Could to lead death. to death. Yep. Yeah. Um, but that's a lot of chocolate, right? So 16 ounces in a pound, um, do the quick math here. If you've got a full-size dog, they've got to eat a lot before it's going to kill them. Um, but if they eat a full chocolate, like a one-pound chocolate bar, and you've got that 60-pound dog, they're probably going to have diarrhea. They're not going to feel good uh, from that. So, yeah, and there's, it says it's toxic to the heart and their nervous system, and then it can lead to death. But if they eat one Hershey's Kiss, you're probably going to be okay. It's I mean, the it's, getting into the bag of it's kisses. It's the whole bag, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of thing to worry about. Or if you have a smaller dog, you know, that's another thing to consider. So chocolate, everybody pretty many, much knows about chocolate. Onions and garlic, um, which are big things that are used in holiday foods and seasonings, um, stuffing and potatoes and things like that. Um, so you want to make sure that your dogs aren't getting into um any of your leftovers, basically. Uh, I This one, this list specifically doesn't talk about potatoes, but uncooked potatoes and potato skins are also very toxic to dogs. And a lot of people make mashed potatoes for the holidays, peel all those peelings, they end up in the garbage can. And what do dogs like to do? Dumpster dive. Dumpster and, dive. Um, we don't want them eating a whole bunch of table scraps food prep scraps, Um, you know, you've got onions and chunks and peels in there that can all make them sick. So definitely keeping them out of the garbage is important. Uh, Caffeine is bad. Xylitol is bad. It's in um, a lot of gums. So stocking stuffers, things like that. You get packs of gum. Well, the dogs go and help themselves to the stockings before the kids get up and actually open the stockings. And then your dog 
is in a bad place. Yep. Um, nuts, another big one in the holidays. You know, people have those bowls of nuts sitting out. Obviously, medications, you know, are really bad. People medications don't typically cross over well to dogs. Uh, raisins, which are, if you didn't know, a form of grape, just the dried out kind. So, so when you go straight across there, <laughs> it's basically grapes the and, same. And raisins, the same thing is an issue there. And uh, I had somebody tell me one time that their dog ate grapes all the time. So the thing about some of these is they don't have true um, ability to make the complete connection, right? So your dog may eat all the grapes in the world, be completely fine. And the next dog eats, you know, a handful of grapes and ends up with kidney failure. Um, There is some probably genetic proponent that they don't have enough research or time or money put into um, the ability it's to test for it. It's just not a risk that we should probably Exactly. Be it's taking. just, you know, if a grape hits the floor at our house, I mean, we're jumping on anything <laughs> and everything to make sure that it didn't go there because our dogs are important to us, just like I know that they're important to y'all. So, And then cooked bones, so like those turkey bones and things like that. Again, those carcasses get thrown in the trash, even if the dog doesn't necessarily get into the trash in the house. Sometimes, I mean, we're guilty of it. We're like, oh, the trash is full. We're just going to set it in the garage for now. And then when we make the trip down the driveway to the dumpster, then it'll get taken out. Well, our dogs are like, oh, there's the trash. Sniff, sniff, sniff. Try and dig in it. Well, keep in mind, you know, when you've got all those leftover bones and Thanksgiving and Christmas scraps, um, your dogs are going to be even more enticed to get into the garbage, even if it's not nosedive in the garbage can. Absolutely. Um, Dairy, too much of it is a bad thing. Avocados. Somebody. Donuts. uh, The dairy aspect of things. Fatty foods. I just saw the picture of donuts and went to donuts, but. Uh, The the dairy aspect of things are most dogs are supposedly or supposed to be lactose intolerant. You know, like that's, it's the lactose aspect of that. Um, Yet all these dogs go and get pup cones, so. Sure, but again, it comes down to the quantity. You're Mm -hmm. talking about. If they drank an entire gallon of milk, they would probably be pretty sick. Or a lot of cheese. Or you know, and we've got these whole... gorgeous charcuterie boards that yeah. everyone's putting out there that have nuts and cheese and grapes. I mean, a lot of fatty the, meat and fatty meats. A um, yep. lot of bad things on those wonderful charcuterie boards for dogs to get into. This is some fun information coming through. So if you don't know what xylitol is, it's it's most commonly found in different types of chewing gums, but it's basically, I don't artificial know. Artificial sweetener. It's an artificial sweetener. It's t- technically listed as a sugar alcohol, I believe, um, but artificial sweetener nonetheless. And it is like, it's a pretty toxic. I think small amounts can make dogs really sick or kill them. And um, it is getting thrown in a lot of different things. So, and it's really not that healthy for people either. So it's one of those things that you should be reading labels, look and see is one of the products that you use now on a regular basis, you know, that claims to be sugar-free or something along those lines to be quote unquote healthier, right? Does it have in fact xylitol listed as one of the, if that's how it's pronounced, I'm pretty sure it's xylitol, but if it's listed as one of the sugar alcohols or the artificial sweeteners that's in that, you should probably nix it and, um, and move on to something different. Now, the, the next thing, and this gets overlooked a little bit, that shark, charcuterie board, I always say that wrong, charcuterie board, um, you know, has a bunch of really high in fat meats. You put, typically put like 
pastrami or uh, Some prosciutto or and salamis cured bacon and, and like salamis. That. All that stuff's high in fat. Now, this is another thing that's really interesting. We utilize a Traeger grill on a regular basis um, or cooker, smoker cooker. I don't know if they, whatever. Um, pellet grill thing. Traegers, um, love them, love all of that aspect of things. And they have that little fat can on the end that collects all of the juice when you cook your brisket, right? And it fills up with a full cup of uh, fat that comes off of that, runs down into the deal. And that's something that is outside. You let your dogs out, they run around the backyard, and there's your can o grease, basically, for a dog to get into and, again, um, end up with pancreatitis, potentially very sick and or die. Uh, so, Because they can't process all those fats. That's the thing. Um, and yeah. that's what happens with people given table scraps, you know. Grandma decides she's only going to eat a few bites of her meal. She gives the rest of the plate worth of food to Sparky, and then Uncle Joe does the same thing. And yeah. then little Timmy down at the end of the table is not eating his Thanksgiving Christmas dinner real well, so he's feeding under the table. And soon you got, you know, poor Sparky that's eaten way too much people food, which contains a lot of seasonings, a lot of fat, and the potential for very harmful foods being offered to that dog. Um, and it can lead to a very sick dog or even potentially worse than that. And that would be an awful situation. Um, so in those situations, like we were talking about, uncontrollable situations, you know, you're busy socializing with family or you're busy chasing your kiddos around and the rest of the family's doing their thing and your dogs are also doing their own thing and not being supervised and are potentially getting offered all of these foods that could make them really sick. So in those situations, it's not a punishment to be like, well, I'm going to just put the dog in a crate for a while. No, we're being their advocate. We are being protective of them and making sure that they are going to be safe this holiday season. So putting them up for Christmas dinner is a-okay. I know all our dogs will be put up during that time. A hundred percent. And then also, you know, talking to the family members, you know, I mean, we, we are huge fans of a quality dog food. We feed dog kibble. Okay. Um, there are some folks that, that feel raw is a better option. And now I'm not going to, by any means, a properly formulated raw diet is going to be really good for your dog as well. It's very difficult to do, especially if you have multiple dogs. Now, there are a few commercially made, quote-unquote, raw diets coming out now, and those are going to be a easier option. Um, but we've done really well with dry dog food. We've fed it for years and years and years, and we you know, we feed Yukonuba uh, premium performance dog food. So it's, it's one of those things that they've got what they need there, and they are dogs. Now, at the same time, some vegetables, like carrots, that's a really big one that's a little crunch. Dogs like it. Dogs freaking love ice cubes, okay? If you want to give them a special treat, Why give them a dang ice Why don't I love ice cubes as, like, my super awesome treat? Calorie-free, guilt-free, I wish. Come on now. Everybody likes crunching ice cube, but not more than other things, right? But dogs do. Dogs will take an ice cube over about anything. Go crazy for it, okay? Um, and then... We, I will give our dogs a small scrap of meat sometimes, but I'm talking like a couple times a year. Maybe I have done this. And I don't remember the last. We're talking time. small scraps. We're talking like 
less than a bite size. Yeah, piece like an for ounce. A human, right? If you take a bite, cut it in half, and then that's like, oh, here you got a snack. It's basically non-existent in the world. And then, really, what you're doing um, with that is actually introducing the fact that. People food tastes really freaking good. And, and then opening exists. and that it exists. Okay. So a fun story with this is I have bought, we have bought over the over the years a few dogs um, that have come as uh adults. quote unquote started dogs, finished dogs, whatever, adult dogs that we've bought from uh different people. And one specifically, she was uh, so cute and dumb as a box of rocks. But um, but once, once she, she learned something, she yeah, never dang, forgot it. No, she did not. And um, I tell you, that was one of the things is like she dogs that came from a kennel environment that weren't raised in the house per se um, or spend any time in the house. Once you bring them in and house train them, everything else, they're the easiest in the whole world because in that super explorative, explore, explorate, exp, what's the word? Ex, explore, Inquisitive? When they're little puppies and they're into everything. Beep, um, beep. So when they're into everything, folks, that's when they learn all of the things, right? They're, they want to check this out. They're, they're interested in their, they're into freaking everything, okay? Um, they learn all of these naughty things like, how to get in the garbage. Garbage digging. How to counter surf. Yep. All of this stuff. Well, if you, you you pull that away where they've never had these things and you can stick to that, you're going to be drastically ahead in the game of counter surfing and garbage dumping, diving and all of that stuff. And this dog was a prime example of that. She had no idea. I mean, something would drop on the floor, food, right? And she'd be like, what is, what is that? Uh-huh. But devour everything you put in a bowl that was dog food. But look at, you know, like a carrot. That rolled or you'd hand it to her and, and she would be like, take it and then, and then just she'd drop set it, it down. Like, like, I don't know. What is this? I can't I eat, eat dog this. food, yeah, right? Exactly. So it, there is that plus side of it. I mean, it, it makes us feel better. We're doing something extra special for our dogs. But you do have to remember, folks, that more than almost anything in the whole world, they love ice cubes. So let's just, you know. Let's stick with the ice cubes. Stick with the things that are working. Okay. And then we were talking about, you know, family members and making clear ground rules with them about, hey, please don't feed my dog any table scraps. Please don't feed them anything people food wise. Um, And sometimes people don't listen. Family can be the worst about that. They're like, oh, yeah, whatever Ethan said, I'm going to do my own thing. But Mm -hmm. um, that would be where I would start is, you know, a request to the family to support you and what your decision is for your dog. Um, and then also keep in mind, you know, those really big family gatherings and lots going on can be overwhelming for some dogs. Um, and especially dogs that maybe aren't around kids on a regular basis or, uh, like we've got some dogs now that are older. Uh, Nix is going to be 10 here in March and, you know, obviously Aiden just turned three. So for seven years, Nix wasn't around kids. So it's something that he, if he was thrown into the mix with a whole bunch of kids trying to climb all over him and paw all over him. He'd be a little unsure of that situation and he'd probably try and get away from it and be a little apprehensive, stressed out and a little anxious of all of that craziness that can come with a whole mob of children. 
So it's important to advocate for our dogs, read the situation and go, Hey, I can see my dogs acting a little stressed out, a little uncomfortable, a little unsure. Let's remove them from the situation, not only for their well-being, but also the safety of everybody else. I mean, we wouldn't want a situation to happen where that dog nips at or bites or scares one of the kids or one of the adults that's, you know, not reading the situation well. And then that dog is in a bad situation too, where we're like, well, he just bit somebody. What are we going to do? So advocate for your dog, read the situation. And like I said before, putting them up in a crate in the back room is not punishment. It is for their safety, advocating for them, giving them their space. Um, especially cause we advocate for crate training our dogs. It's not like, Oh, your dog's never been crate trained. Well, go ahead and shove them in a crate for the first time on Thanksgiving. But, um, that would be a good way to help cope with those, you know, really high anxiety potential situations where you've got a house full of 30 people running around screaming and yelling and being family. (laughs) I love it. Road tripping. We were talking about traveling. So keep in mind, if your dog doesn't travel all that often um, or that well, sometimes dogs won't eat well on the road. And then some dogs won't poop and go potty well on the road because they're not used to being on a leash. You let them out in the backyard and all they get to do is run around in a fenced in area every time they need to go potty. Then you put them on a leash or a check cord and they're confined or on a stakeout and they're confined and they're like, I can't go to the bathroom. Well, then they get backed up and they can have some really icky stool situations um, in those Situations, uh, situations, situations. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's something that it's like a two-part statement, right? So, when you have young puppies, if you ever plan on traveling ever, which the average person does, um, if you get the opportunity to take your dogs with you, that's going to be you know a key component of preparing them for that. Or going hunting, like a lot of us here do. Your dogs are going to be on the road, so. Planning this and working on leash pottying, even if you do have a fenced-in yard, and taking the time to help dogs be comfortable in that position um, is going to be really important. And then the other side of it, if you don't travel all that often and you do struggle with things like motion sickness or something like that in the car, uh, Dramamine is, and we'd, you'd have to look up the dose or talk to your veterinarian about that, but that can help with motion sickness and help prevent, you know, a horrible amount of, uh, drooling and vomiting happening in your car while you're driving down the road. So that's the, that's probably the biggest things as far as travel goes. Mm-hmm. Eating on the road. Again, if your dog isn't interested in eating on the road, don't offer them a cheeseburger from McDonald's. I mean, we just talked about that, you know, food safety thing that falls right into there fatty artificial sweeteners all of the wonderful things yeah um and then lastly the fireworks i mean it goes back to what we talked about with noise sensitivity with fireworks during the fourth of july um if you've got fireworks it's probably best even if you've got a gun dog a hunting dog put them up so they don't have that stressful situation where that sound and noise is coming off um with no association for positive things like hunting and birds and retrieving and things like that. So somebody said in here, fireworks are basically bombs. So, which is not, I mean, you're not, you're wrong. not wrong. 
And the other side of it, again, just comes, goes hand in hand with that ability to uh, put things into perspective, right? There's, there's no context. Context is more the word I was looking for. There's no context with them. There's bright lights, loud noises. I don't even like fireworks, okay? And I am a semi-fully functioning human. <laughs> All right, folks. So those are going to be the biggest things as far as safety goes. Um, I hope that this helps you. I hope that you don't have any issues. Uh, the next thing... And hope that you can be better prepared so that you can prevent any of these issues. Last but not least, if you think something's going on, Call your vet during daytime hours, if at all possible. I mean, don't wait till midnight. That that's just uh, that's that's just for their sake. You know, it's the holidays for them too. Nobody wants the problem, but get uh, help as soon as you think you might need it. So, all right. So we've got a couple questions that I saw coming through here. We'll get to a few of these. And I know there was a super chat, so I saw it somewhere. There. there it is. There it is. It says Chris. Which I believe I've seen you super chat here before, sir. I believe so. Thank you for that. Can I get y'all to let me know what test I need to get ran on Sable May that turned two years old on twenty fourth? Aha! We won't miss you. Oh, you might miss it live. Okay, so if you're talking about tests for breeding, is that what we're talking about? I'm guessing health testing. Health testing. The best thing that and I can And is Sable May a GSP? I mean, I need a little more. Because it is breed specific. There are so. some breed specific tests. For example, OFA hips, um, OFA elbows, those are not breed specific. Um, those have to be done at two. OFA eye exams, too. Um, you can do pen hip testing earlier than two. Um and then it is some of those other tests though are breed specific as far as like thyroid testing, von Wildebrand's testing, um, cardiac. I'm much more familiar with Jeez. short, yeah, short hair, health clearances. So all right, so I'm dropping a link in here right now for you, Chris. This is going to be the list that you can find for your breed. That is what uh, OFA recommends. By breed, based on statistics of the most common testable genetic disorders that your specific breed might carry. Um, We do as many of these as we can. It is hard to get some of them done because they do require board-certified veterinarians in specific fields and so veterinary ophthalmologists for the OFA eye exam. Which there's one in the state, okay? There's more than one, but they're... Wichita has one. That travels back and forth between Kansas City and Wichita, right? I don't know. Traveling one. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there's one there's at the like university. three in the state, yeah. all right? Not a lot. Not a lot. So... Um, all of that being said, though, it's hard to get appointments. Uh, we set up appointments to do some of our dogs' uh, different tests, and it was like a seven, eight months out scheduling. So it's going to take a little while to get some of those things. Get what you can, primarily uh, with most breeds, pretty standard check hips, uh, sometimes elbows and eyes. Those ones are all a little bit easier to get done, depending on the ophthalmologist thing. So. Uh, you know, we, we drive almost four hours one way to go to a ophthalmologist. 
Yes. Let's see if we can find another question. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. It says, here we go. I am having issues with my Griffon. She doesn't want to get into cold water to retrieve. What should I do? I don't want to force her and make her scared of the water. Thoughts. Okay, so we need some follow-up on this one. Christopher, how old is your Griffon? That's an important one. Has she had a water introduction before the water was cold? cold? Mm -hmm. Does she like to retrieve? These are all good. I need more info first. Lots of people love the duck photo. I love the duck photo. Thank you for being patrons. Patron, 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 patron. Thank you all very much. Uh, watching training videos. If people don't figure out they haven't watched your content. Watching your training videos. Uh, watching your training videos. If people don't figure it out, they haven't watched our content. <laughs> Got it. You guys, if you just read. Um, Which, you know. You can do it, baby. I'm trying. This, this oh, yeah, we have different dogs. Uh, there's always difference in dogs, so we can help you. Uh, strike dog here. I'm looking for questions. Keep going. I saw one. Okay, there, there we go. Brett Weber. I'm curious about my five-month-old GSP not having really good recall. Am I just being impatient? 100%. Come on, man. It's five-month-old puppy. No, I'm teasing you. Yeah, basically. So that's actually super common for especially GSPs mm-hmm. to kind of do really well with their obedience training in those controlled environments. And you're like, I have this 10-week-old puppy that's rocking all their obedience. They're doing so great, you know. 12 weeks, 14 weeks comes along, 16 weeks gets here. And then you're like, what just happened? It's like they turned their ears off or something, especially in those uncontrolled environments, because there's so many distractions. There's so many things that puppies want to explore and check out because they have kind of come into their own from that boldness and confidence standpoint. um, And they turn their ears off and they really don't listen as well because to them, this treat reward system that we've been using has less value than what they want to be doing, which is running around, checking things out, sniffing, using their nose, exploring, yada, yada. So we end up working with those puppies to start collar conditioning to recall anywhere from four to five months old. So you're right on track to being ready to start that process. We do have a lot of collar conditioning to recall videos on our channel. You can literally search YouTube as a search engine and go standing stone, collar conditioning, recall. And a whole bunch of videos will come up showing that specific topic on our channel. Ethan's going to try it and see how many videos come up. Standing, stone, collar conditioning, recall. Or because we're talking about recall. Because we have other ones too. He searched that. Standing, stone, kennels, collar conditioning, or recall. One, two, three, four, five. Six, that one's place training. Seven, eight, nine. Yeah, eight or nine videos pop up right away. Like the first one. That one's a long time ago. Nine years ago with puppies. We're doing collar conditioning with puppies for recall. In our first 
kennel building before it was, it was even built. It was just, just a concrete, a concrete pad. Slab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's oh, another, here's one. another one. Ten. So there's ten. Ten videos. Did, did we just jump from seven to ten? No. That was maybe. <laughs> Nine, ten, a lot. There's Come on. quite Counting. a few. Can't read. There's can't quite a count. few. What can you do, boy? <laughs> we can train a dog. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to count when we train dogs. We don't need to read. Come on now, folks. Anyway, so collar conditioning would be my recommendation if you've laid the groundwork through positive reinforcement um, for that recall already. And if you need help or are unsure or not confident about how to do that process, check out Patreon after you've looked at those videos on YouTube and we can help you out. Uh, Here's one. says, what's the best way to go about bringing a younger GSP pup 12, 13 weeks to a family house who has an older, skittish, anxious rescue dog. Hmm. I don't know if there's any real good way to put this other than I would avoid that situation like the plague. Especially for a while. I mean, your puppy that's only 12 or 13 weeks old, first of all, not fully vaccinated. Wait, 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 wait. So this is the question, I guess, that I would have for Zach here. Is this a holiday type thing? You're going over to family's house and they have the skittish mm-hmm. dog? If that's the case, I'm going to probably avoid it. Um, unless it's a daily thing, then we're going to have to work through it. Um, if the dog that you're saying is a rescue dog that lives at your house and you're bringing home a new puppy, then we've got to talk about the answer. But uh, I... I would just say eh, if it's for one day or something. Yeah, if 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 it's for a trip like that, maybe not worth. Maybe it. not worth putting the older dog through the stress and the puppy through the potential bad situation that could be. All right. So this one says, "Do your dogs ever encounter mushrooms around the home or in the field when hunting? What do they do? They ignore them." All right. So no. Uh, yes. Yes and no. They, they find mushrooms. When random mushrooms pop up all over the yard, it's the first thing the dang puppies do is run over and try and eat them all. Because they look like a white ball. Yeah, I mean, something. The, Whatever. The Pick contrast them up, eat them. catches their attention. Yep. And then I'm down. like scraping mushroom yeah. chunks out of their mouth. Waiting for them to hallucinate or vomit or something. Yeah. Trying to figure out how much they did or did not eat. Yeah. And then we watch them really closely. Really closely. Um, if, if it's a lot, we'll, we'll make them vomit. Yeah. yeah. How do we do that? Hydrogen peroxide. Yeah. So um, you'd have to you maybe look up. We've always started with like um, a couple capfuls and then a little bit later, a couple capfuls. It seems like too, it has to be a fresh bottle of hydrogen peroxide. Yeah. If, if it's you, been sitting on the shelf for a while, it's doesn't not as not sh- sitting open for a while. Yeah. Right. So uh, it does not work as well. But that is. Uh, they do I, for whatever reason, whether it's the visual aspect of things or a smell and they want to eat them because they think they taste good. So I don't know. It's not, not a good deal. Um, here, this is just validation of what we were talking about. Dogs are not the issue. It's other family members not listening to the rules. I know. Just slap the family members around a little bit, right? Say, Hey, Call now. condition them. Hey, now we're talking. Um, here we go. It says, Dairy also depends on the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it does. That's I mean, all it's, of them. it's very similar with people. I mean, some people are dairy intolerant. Some people are, you know, gluten intolerant. Um, but again, it's just kind of a risk that you don't want to necessarily take with your dog 
um, for those, you know, highly toxic items and like grapes and things like that. It's like, eh, we're not going to risk it. Melanie Carlson message sent separately because I always have trouble with super chat. Okay. Okay. There it is. There it is. Can't thank you enough for your help with Duncan. He's having a really good first season. That's awesome. When will you set your schedule for one day seminars for 2022? Would love to come back for more training. Well, that's typically something we'll do in the spring. Uh, We need to look at our calendar. Um, It fills up pretty quickly with things, and we have to find the right weekends uh, that we can work around. So we shouldn't be announcing those training seminars until, like, March probably. Um, Yeah, and those are multiple-day seminars. If you're talking more... (laughs) It's like a weekend seminar, so it's a Saturday-Sunday typically that we're doing. Uh, people can travel on Friday and then get headed back on Sunday after the seminar. Um, but it's, it's a weekend thing typically. If you're talking more the one-on-one deal, like you guys did when you came out last time, um, that would just be, send me a text message and we'll set something. We can set up consults. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Let's see. This is one that was kind of interesting. It says, have you ever had a dog that broke a leg that required a full cast? I'm assuming full cast on the leg. What did you do to help keep the GSP safe and happy? If not, what would you recommend? Okay, so I didn't have this dog specifically um, so far break anything like that. Um, We've had some pretty serious things happen. And then I know of a dog that was from our program sold as a... Trained dog. um, Trained dog, yep. He got him home and had him all summer and he was working on retrieving drills and whatever else. And the dog jumping, um, tried to, like, didn't realize tailgate was closed, tried to jump up in the back of the truck or out of the truck or something and got caught on, like, the rock guard bar to prevent throwing rocks on the boat or trailer behind you. And it got snapped completely in half right there. Uh, Plate, pins, I believe full cast. Um, And that was just tough. I mean, it just comes down to tough love. On leash, crate time. That's pretty much it because as soon as they have the the second to say, oh, I think I'm going to jump on the bed, then they do something stupid and then you're back to square zero or negative depending on the situation. Um, I know that when we had the boys' surgeries, um, they had medial sternotomies. I think that's the correct term. Basically, their chest cut in half. And then they wire the sucker back together. Uh, you know, that was a deal where, how, how eight long was weeks. it? Eight weeks. Eight weeks of... For that bone to heal. No jumping, no off-leash time, no fun, basically. So I spent eight weeks crated on a leash outside to go potty back in the crate. I mean, that's it. Especially because these guys are going to think that they feel better much sooner than couple weeks, eight weeks. Probably, it's usually two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. It was two weeks with our boys where they were like, oh, I'm feeling good. And they would want to try and romp around, even just romping around in the house where they could hurt themselves. Um, so if you're struggling with keeping a short hair under control, as calm as possible, um, talk to your vet. They can typically prescribe something like trazodone, which is a sedative, a mild sedative. Um, I can tell you that it worked for a little while with Nix, and then it didn't. Um, and it was just that tough love thing of this is this is the requirement of you. And having a dog with a higher level of obedience is also helpful in that situation. 
um, because, you know, they understand collar conditioning to kennel, collar conditioning to heel, things like that. So um, makes caring for them in those situations a little easier. Absolutely. All right. Here's a good question. It says, how do I stop my nine-month-old from sprinting into the house and counter surfing? Okay. So um, those end up falling into the category of essentially impulse control type stuff. And what we like to do is uh, imposing more obedience onto the situation, right? So instead of giving the opportunity for that, we would start with in the house, maybe on leash or healing, depending on how bad this behavior really is. Clip the lead to them. Nope. Aha, you can't go anywhere. You're stuck to me. And then once we get in, we'd say, go lay down on a dog bed, kennel. Okay. So once we're on the dog bed, then we've got the ability to um, start conditioning, developing better habits. If that's what happens every single time, that's what the dog's going to expect the pattern is. That's how dogs' brains work and everything else. So if you're consistent um, on doing things like that or sitting and staying or sitting and saying until you get your shoes and jacket off, then healing, then kenneling. All of those things are going to put a better um, a, a better situation together for the dog by breaking the cycle of the naughty and then creating a new pattern through you know proper conditioning. Yep, so. and just you know this is the habit. You know that this is what's going to happen, so anticipate it and don't let the dog bolt into the house and romp all over the place and then call them over to their dog bed. Um, you want to redirect. You want to eliminate the opportunity for those bad behaviors to keep being conditioned so that you can start conditioning those new ones. So Absolutely. Anticipate it's going to happen and prevent it from happening. That's going to be the ticket, folks. So next, what do we have? Oh, oh, this one is a good one. I don't know if you saw this one here. It says, is it better to have your GSP in a pen during its life, or if you have the property, let it roam and play? Great question. So um, we're, we're really big advocates for crate training, as well as not allowing dogs to entertain themselves. So if you have goals in life, and these goals may be some bigger than others, but all of them apply, like, uh, let's start with the simple ones, like a dog that listens and comes when it's called and is ready to work and train and... Is cooperative and a teammate with us. Exactly. All of those things, important, okay? So... Um, Dogs look for paydays. Dogs look for ways to, um, you know, be successful and reward themselves. Yep. So if they get to figure out what that is on a regular basis, when it comes time to ask things of them, they're going to be like, eh, I don't have to do what you say. I do what I want all day long, all whatever, you know, and then it comes down to, I mean, you may be able to get by with a dog that comes and goes and is around and is there and, you know, does okay with that aspect of things. But if you truly try and step in and say, all right, now we're going to work on obedience or now we're going to work on this or I want you to do better at recalling or I want you to work on, you know, place training or healing or any of those things, you're going to see a ton of pushback because you're basically taking away every ounce of freedom that they have learned that that is life. And you're saying, 
now follow all these rules, you're, you're going to get pushback. And it's, it's not as well as a dog that may not be mentally ready to train because they've been entertaining themselves, burning energy, doing what they want. So there's less energy left to do what we want. Um, the other side of it is a safety thing. I mean, short hairs are pretty big running, independent, inquisitive, prey driven animals. So if they're left to roam your property, they're going to roam and roam and roam and roam and keep hunting, keep exploring, keep, you know, driving themselves to go further and further and And who the hell knows what they're getting into out there um those mushrooms we were talking about they could find and eat a whole bunch of mushrooms get into porcupines they can get hit by a car i mean it was awfully sad we were driving to thanksgiving and ethan's like what was that on the road i'm like that was a dog that had been hit and it was a dog i could clearly see it had had a flat collar on it and it was dead on the side of the road. And that would be my fear, you know, that the dog gets out running around doing its own thing and gets hit by somebody on the road. Um, so being their advocate to keep them safe. Um, the other thing that I talk about as well is these dogs have pretty much the mental capacity of a three-year-old child. Um, you know, they sure can learn things, learn habits, um, and do really well as they get older, but they really are three-year-olds. And I will tell you, I have a three-year-old. There is absolutely no way I would just be like, okay, Aiden, fend for yourself today. Mommy's going to the store. Have at it. Go outside, go inside, do what you will. Um, he would get into so much trouble and so many things that could potentially be very dangerous for him. Uh, so just treating them like they are a three-year-old kid that needs constant supervision um, would be my go-to. So absolutely, got long-winded on that. Sorry. I love it. All right, there's a few questions in here um, that are coming from the same guy that are a little oh. bit different. What you got? Uh, Sig. Well, that might have been part of what his weird behavior was, not just a nutrition thing um, that we got him for training right now. Mm. Um so, didn't necessarily recognize Juju Bay as um, his owner's names, but Sig, I recognize, so. Perfect. Yes, and there's been other dogs that we've heard of that eat mushrooms and either potentially die or have very weird neurological behaviors because of it. The mushrooms are weird, folks. Mm-hmm. Stay, in stu- stay in school, kids. Don't do drugs. Um, it says here, Gary had a question. He's got a puppy. It's a chewer, puked up a sock, um, ate a sock, puked it up the next day. I need help. And it says, what about muzzling? Is this going to ruin drive? Okay. So first and foremost, most puppies are chewers. You probably have a puppy that falls under the higher end of that spectrum, but, um, puppies are like small children. They go through a stage where they explore everything with pretty much their mouth, right? That's about all they've got. They don't have hands to pick stuff up and hold on to things. They just have their mouth. So um, that is what they're doing. The more the puppy is in the stuff or gets into the stage of chewing, which is, uh, or teething, excuse me, which is going to happen a lot in that four to five to six month range. It's about uh, four to six weeks of really bad teething. Um, you need to probably just change the daily 
schedule slash situation here. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't muzzle dog pick up yourself. Some dogs just are like seek those things too. So it doesn't matter. I mean, it could be one second the thing, then the socks down for a second, and then the dogs swallowed it already. So there are dogs there like that. that that literally you cannot keep them under control, supervised enough to prevent it. Um, it almost becomes neurotic about yes. eating rocks or eating socks or eating a box or a fox or <laughs> you did it. You're funny. I like it. So, um, the biggest thing though, that I would say going forward is, uh, let's try and preemptively pick things up. That's important. And then the next thing's going to be less unsupervised time. So plan on, um, plan on when the puppy is out and about that your job is basically just to follow them around or vice versa, which I like even better. We call tethering and you would just attach the dog to you. Our six foot easy leads are a really good option for that. They've got the handle. You run the deal through the, the handle, the clip through the handle. It slips around your waist and then clip it onto the dog. Um, and we have a new collar that we just came out with that we call the juvenile collar. So they're Super awesome O-ring collars, just like our full-sized. But they're, but they're three, three quarters, quarters of inch, inch wide. Yep, and 13 inches around, so they fit dogs that your your age perfectly, and they look fantastic. But um, you can clip right onto that O-ring, and then basically the puppy's attached to you. Now, granted, there is the potential that the puppy's going to now chew on you, but. Or the tether. Or the tether. So try and minimize those things by providing quality chew bones. Antlers work. Um, there are also different types of Nylabone products that Rawhide we use. Rawhide free chews. We Raw use a lot of pork chomps, yep, nutri chomps. Those chomp are all on brand. our standing stone supply. Mm-hmm. But then giving those treats, those chews that are high value, more high value than the socks or something that exactly. they want. Um, and then I like to utilize those opportunities to develop place training. We can start developing that at a young, young age where, hey, you get this treat, go lay on your bed with it. Oh, you took the treat and you tried to run into the living room with it. Okay, I'm going to go pick it up and put it back on your bed. You're going to enjoy this treat on your bed. And so we're starting to just shape that behavior that, hey, good things come on this bed good things happen on this bed. I'd really like you to stay here. And then they're more comfortable being there and we can start to develop that place training behavior that then we can call our condition, which collar conditioning place training is my go-to obedience behavior for those puppies that start to get into that very exuberant stage um, and become a little bit of a handful at home. And it can fix- Explore, explore, explorate. Inquisitive. That's the word I couldn't come up with earlier. But it can really help cope with a whole magnitude of issues from picking up and eating socks, baby toys, things that they're not supposed to be getting into, counter surfing, improper play with other dogs that are part of the household or other animals like a cat that's part of the household. They've got a place that they're collar conditioned to stay. They can still be out and about and part of the family and the situation, but we can contain them from getting into things that are going to get them in trouble. Absolutely. 
Well, folks, um, we appreciate the questions. We appreciate your time and being here with us this evening. Um, as always, we will uh, be trying to stick with a once a week schedule. We're going to do um, these primarily Wednesday nights, but we'll try and give you a few days heads up with that. You can always check on, on YouTube on our channel in the Yawa playlist. We schedule them out there, so you'll see that. Sort them by look for the newest, newest added. added. Yep, and that'll show them uh, labeled out with a, a brief description of what we're going to be talking about. And then we, we post on social media as we get closer so that you can kind of keep track of if anything changes and what the topics will be. But um, we love doing this. We love chatting with you. We love answering questions. And we love doing it live. It's a lot of fun to be able to interact. Interact with you guys as it's happening. 100%. And one thing that we've been doing, which I don't think we mentioned at the beginning of this, is for those that are watching this live, we take monetization off so that you're not bombarded by tons and tons of advertisements. We didn't know that was happening until somebody reached out and said, hey, when we watch these, it's literally an ad every few minutes. And I'm like, what? We got to quit that crap. So during the live, it's not monetized. If you have to watch us unlive um i don't want to say dead what would be the other option <laughs> you have to the posted version the posted version there you go the after uh, party <laughs> then you do have to deal with some ads because like we said we got to support the content somehow absolutely folks we're out of time and uh i'm out of tea I still got a whole bottle of water. I'm not doing a good job drinking it. But uh, on that note, I'm the guy with the pink gun. I'm Cat the Dog Trainer. We'll see you in the next video. Sounded kind of like a question. We'll see you in the next video. Better. Much more confident. Better.